This is episode 15 of Everyday Wellness, embracing the pivots and staying healthy as a female entrepreneur with our guest, Sam Vanderweelen. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Cynthia. Hi, Kelly. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to dive in. So if we think about where you started and where you are now, can you kind of give us the cliff notes on how you transitioned from being a practicing attorney to this entrepreneurial world that you're in now? Yeah, sure. So it's been quite the journey and it's been just to give people context. It's been about two years um, total in this whole journey. Um, And I can't believe as I'm saying that how much has happened um, and how many like pivots have even happened since then. Um, But it's all it's all a good thing. Um, And I always love to share this story because it's become a little bit of my mission to share not only like how to pivot, but also being open to the idea that life is all about continual pivoting. And so um, I like sharing this story just as an example of like, don't put so much pressure on yourself to have this like one momentous pivot in life. Like there are going to be a lot of pivots um, and that's a good thing. But I was a, a corporate attorney for about five years. Um, I always loved health and wellness. My mom's an integrative physician. She's an entrepreneur herself. Went to med school when I was a kid as a single mom. Um, so she really, as I always say, she brainwashed me from an early age about healthy living. All, all good stuff, though. And um, we weren't allowed to have cereal. That's always my sad story. Because <laughs> uh, she said it had no nutritive value. Um, and so uh, from an early age, I just really learned to love health and wellness. I really fell in love with cooking. That's really my passion still to this day. Um, And I was so miserable as an attorney and really just never felt like I connected quite not only with the mission, but also with the environment, a lot of the people, everything, um, really the lifestyle. And so at first, I actually uh, left to start my own health and wellness company. So I wanted to do corporate wellness because as working as a corporate attorney, I saw how unhealthy the workplace was, but I also saw how unhealthy a lot of the people I was working with um, felt because of a lot of the stress and the environment of where they were working. And I felt like I could kind of bridge the gap and since I had lived this life and help them learn how to cook and eat healthier at work and all of these things. So um, I started that business up while I was still working full time as an attorney, Um, got the website up, got the business up and running and did that for about six months and then did another six months where I was part time as an attorney, part time, a really full time entrepreneur, as you guys know, it never really uh, doesn't really (laughs) stop, but um, technically speaking, part time. 
And then I took the full plunge. I left. Um, and no, I was not ready. No, the business was not so successful. This is something I heard a lot at the time. I was like, wow, it's great that you built the business that quickly that you could leave. No, it wasn't. I'm just not really the kind of person that's very good at like having one foot in one place and one foot in another. It was really driving me bananas. So um, I just decided I wanted to give it a go and take that full plunge. Um, and in doing so, I started working with women all over the country as a health coach, but also going in and giving a lot of talks at, at large companies and law firms, um, doing a little bit of corporate consulting for um, food companies. And the other thing that started happening was that women like ourselves were booking my free discovery call um, that was meant for health coaching to ask me questions about how to start their own business. Um, or to say that they weren't really sure about the legal. And at first it was just something uh, I was kind of open to and felt like it was a little bit of my version of giving back and kind of healing from what I felt like was a traumatic experience as an attorney. Um, but it turned out that it was like really exciting to me. And I realized that that was actually that little ingredient I was looking for. I wanted to help women like go out there and create this freedom and path um, that I was creating simultaneously for myself. Um, and so, you know, being able to help with a little bit of the legal or the business stuff was my way of doing that. And I realized that's really what I wanted to do. So a little over a year and a half ago, I pivoted yet again, uh, launched this business, Sam Vanderweelen LLC, and um, went full throttle with it, shut the health coaching business down completely um, so that I could do this. And it's really been no looking back ever since then because it took off um, quickly and I really loved it. That's wonderful. You know, it's funny how many of us, uh, you know, started thinking about a legal career when we were younger. I mean, I was pre-law all through undergrad, my first undergraduate degree, got into law school. And then I remember when my parents very appropriately said to me, we pay for undergrad. Any graduate school you do is on your own. And I looked at the cost, and this was many years ago, I looked at the cost and looked at what starting salaries were for attorneys in Washington, D.C. And I was like, huh. <laughs> it really caused me to, to second guess that. But I applaud you that you, you know, really follow your heart and, and intrinsically what resonates with you because I know so many people, not just practicing attorneys, but so many people who, you know, really don't love what they do, but they just don't know what else to do. And that, that leap of faith speaks and, and resonates with Kelly and I, obviously, because we've mm -hmm. done that ourselves, but um, really has so much to do with life satisfaction and happiness, even though I, I think all of us can speak to the fact that the entrepreneur world is not for the faint of heart. It is never ending. You know, it's not like, you know, the job where you hung up your coat at the end of the day and you didn't think about your job till the following morning. I mean, it's 24 seven. For sure. This, yeah, this has been um, something that's been like an area of interest of mine ever since leaving the law because I'll run into old colleagues or just people will reach out to me on Facebook who I know in different areas of my life and say things like, you're so lucky that you were able to leave. Or, mm -hmm. you know, um, I've had, I've definitely been on the receiving end of insinuations that like my husband, who's a professor, must have been like so well off that we could, <laughs> we could just do this, you know, and it was mm -hmm. like, it's been very interesting to me. And it's not like you said, Cynthia, it's not for everyone. Entrepreneurship's not for everyone. And I always say that's a good thing because like we need the world to keep turning. We need entrepreneurs, right. but we also need people working in corporate jobs and government, all kinds of things. So it's not that it's for everyone. It's just that if you want it bad enough, I do believe that uh, you can, you know, you can do it. it. It might not be that you can do it at this moment. And also, I'm not saying that you can do it without sacrifice. I think that's something that a lot of people don't see behind the scenes. And I know we'll get to it, but that's something that people don't talk about on social media, right? It's like, I probably wasn't posting about how I was selling um, tons of stuff. Like I was looking around my house, like, can I sell this on eBay? <laughs> and can I get rid of all these clothes and sell them? Or can I stop spending and stop going to Starbucks so much and all this other stuff that I was doing behind the scenes to make sacrifices to make it happen? Yeah, and, it's, and I think that's something, and I think that's a really good point. And I'm sure Kelly, uh, you know, because of her clinical practice probably sees this as well, but you know, I see entrepreneurs whose health, you know, their their endocrine system, their health is really tanked because they're just go, 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 not enough sleep, too much exercise, not enough self-care, and how that impacts their health in a, in a negative way. But, uh, you know, my, my nurse practitioner friends, when they see me, they're like, you look so happy, and you're doing this, and you're doing that. And I said, 
yes, but I also have an image to portray. I want people yeah. to believe fervently that this is this looks easier than it is, but it is. My kids can attest to this. They're like, we we spend. I try to make, ensure that the time I spend with them is it's quality over quantity, but. Definitely, they know. I mean, the message is, you know, mom gets up on the weekends. It's not that mom's away from her work for very long. There's always something tangibly I need to be involved in. But I agree with you. We need all kinds of worker, worker bees out there. But entrepreneur life is, you know, there was an interesting white graphic I saw recently. And it was, you know, all within one day, like, you're elated, <laughs> you're depressed, you're <laughs> You know, you're you're feeling you know elated again, and then you're you know the lowest of the lows, and it's you know constantly throughout the day that you know that that kind of um, you know high highs and low lows is to be expected, and, and sometimes things don't work out the way you want, and it's disappointing, and you can beat yourself up, but you just have to continue to look forward. Like, what's my vision? What do I want to do? What what ultimately are my my goals to be able to serve others and stay focused on that, and that helps a lot for sure. Yeah, and focusing at least for me, that on the fact that it's a choice, that Mm -hmm. I'm choosing, I'm actively choosing this life. And I think the biggest difference between where I am now and when I was an attorney is that back then I acted like uh, I was a victim of my Mm -hmm. circumstances, like Mm -hmm. somebody had sentenced me to life as an attorney or something like this, and there was like no way out of it. And so I acted like I didn't have a choice. And to me, really, my happiness and just my day-to-day life, which, by the way, does not mean that I'm happy all the time or like every day or even every other day, um, but just in general, it really changed when I started seeing things that way. And Mm -hmm. And to me, entrepreneurship is the choice that's worth dealing with. Like, like Cynthia mm-hmm. said, it is rough <laughs> from like minute to minute, but I'm just willing to take on these challenges. I'm sure that these challenges are actually harder than the ones that I dealt with because it's my, you know, but it's me on the line. It's my lifestyle, my business, everything on the line every day. Everything feels much more consequential and I'm just willing to tackle it. I think that's the biggest difference. It's just I wasn't willing to deal with the other stuff. And I think that's a good way um, to know whether something's right for you. I I often tell my husband, Ryan, that um, when I was an attorney, I used to really worry that I was lazy. I thought that I had no work ethic um, because I was like, I don't understand what's wrong with me. Like these people around me are just building machines. They're always, they seem to like always be here. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, yes, they're not, none of them are happy really that I knew. Um, but I didn't, I just didn't understand like what was wrong with me. They all seemed to be able to put up with it. And I could not, I just would go in there and like freak out every day. I couldn't handle it. And so it's been really, um, nice, I think to be a little bit more gentle with myself now to be like, Oh no, you love to work. You just want to be passionate about what you do. And I think pain can be a great motivator. Mm-hmm. So pain of going to that job and slogging through and not feeling like you belong there. You can do that for a little while. But I think for those of us who are in tune enough with our intuition, we can't we can't trick it for that long. Something has to give. Um, and what I love about what you said and kind of your journey is that you had this vision for what you wanted to do, but you weren't so tied to it that you couldn't see opportunities when they came in. You couldn't see, you were able to see that when these women were coming to you who might not have been your ideal customer at the time, like that was a message that you could shift and you could help this audience that you may not have even considered. Yeah, it's so true, Kelly. I think one of the things that I've learned is that when we take, you know, risks or we do things and then surprise ourselves a little bit, like my health coaching business was successful, even though it didn't really align with me, like it was fine. It was going along and I could have continued to grow it if I wanted. And I think what that experience taught me was like, okay, if you put yourself out there and you take a risk and you're really passionate about it, you can make this work. And Mm -hmm. so I I guess it just has continued to build that confidence of like, okay, I I didn't exactly anticipate this next thing, you know, but I've learned now from experience that if I do this and I really want to do it, I can make it work. So that's been a very interesting learning lesson for me. I think it's about mindset. Cynthia and I have talked about this a bit. You're seeing these, these things that come into your life, into your business as opportunities and challenges rather than, you know, potential failures and distractors. Yeah. You know what? I've seen the biggest difference in working in like a corporate environment versus this environment. I like every day for some reason, a hundred times a day, I think the word curious or curiosity pops mm. into my mind. It's like lead with curiosity. So I'm always telling myself, like, just explore, be a scientist, test it out, 
talk to that person, attend that workshop, go to that conference, write that blog post. Like, I just have no clue. You know, there, there, I definitely have intention and strategy behind a lot of what I do in my business and in, in terms of like long-term vision or social media or the way I write my emails. But the bigger stuff, I'm just kind of curious. It's like, what's their, what's the harm? Yeah. One of the phrases that has helped me a lot in business is having high intention with low attachment to the Mm -hmm. outcome. So you're very invested in what you're doing because you love it and you're passionate about it. But kind of the form that it takes on the end is sort of to be determined. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's an important distinction because I think so many of us are so attached on the outcome um, that that can really derail all of our good work and our, our efforts for sure. Yeah, that is very true. And I I know we're going to get to this, but um, this idea of uh, we were talking earlier about like uh, kind of feeling like an immediacy to results or an outcome. And I actually think that's a big place where social media plays a part because it's easy to get on Instagram and you're really not sure what's happening behind the scenes or what that person's been through or um, both positive and negative. You don't know if they have a million dollar inheritance or if they've been like couch surfing on the side to make their business work. <laughs> you just have no idea. Um, and so I think sometimes people will kind of reflect back to themselves that this must have been immediate or like they, they should already be where that person is that they're seeing on social media. And that really, um, I think has a detrimental effect on happiness as well. I've, I've noticed that not only with myself, but with clients as well. Yeah, I think we've we've seen that too. And I think that, you know, the interesting thing about social media is that that immediate feeling is so counter to the scientific recommendations for productivity, right? Yeah. Where you're supposed to focus on one thing. Our minds are meant to not multitask in 800 different directions and be constantly distracted and responding. Um, but yet that's kind of what social media pulls for. And that's what we can perceive for many successful people who are posting three or four times on Facebook and have Instagram stories like five miles long. So I think it's really something to consider. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise. So you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I've used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered 
armor colostrum. And the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armor's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced. And it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Yes, for to all the above. So um, I have clients, it's funny, people will share this a lot with me. They're all over the spectrum. So I have some people who come through my door will, that will say, I want to build an online business because I want that freedom and that flexibility and all of the you know po- positives that come along with building an online-based business. But I hate social media, so I don't want to be on it. And then I have other people who will say they don't like it, but every time I'm out and about with them, they're attached to their phone or um, I just see, you know, people who I know. It's always interesting to watch people that you actually know pretty well and see how they portray um, things going on on social media. And sometimes when you know the difference, it can help peel back that curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um so I've seen it all over the place. Um, I think that mo- I would say most people share with me that they're they kind of like the hamster wheel effect. They feel like they're trying to keep up, but they don't feel like anything's 
good enough or like they feel like they're kind of stretched both ways so they feel like they're posting mm -hmm. all the time so they don't feel that present but then they also don't really feel like it's working that well so they're not really sure what's the point or they notice they're posting all the time and then that gets them scrolling all the time which then makes them feel really bad and walk away with these negative feelings how do you help them or what do you say to them when they come to you with those types of issues yeah so um i mean i always just share my own kind of my personal approach and i'm always very honest um on social media and just in person in general about the fact that i'm constantly learning and evolving in this too i have days where i spend way too much time on my phone for me um and i can feel it and i just try to be really cognizant of that and then make adjustments so it's not like i have any of this down to a science but i'll share with them both i think like practical tips and then some mindset shifts so on the practical side we'll talk more about things um, like, so th there are kind of two practical areas that I'd love to talk about. So one is if you have a business or there, you have some reason to be posting like consistently on Facebook, like we do, then we talk about planning, right? And how much planning, like, so for me, like batch content, I write all of my content on Mondays and then I then plan it all out. So I use certain tools that I then am like posting so that I'm not on my phone. And I found that to be the biggest game changer for me as an entrepreneur because before it was like every day waking up like oh i have to make an instagram post or i have mm -hmm. to write this thing on facebook or i should hop into my group now it's all pre-planned and out there that doesn't mean that you know on certain days i'm out and about and something sparks and i i want to organically share that but i wanted those moments to be few and far between and i wanted them to be very organic um so the, the planning part has really helped using that tool, the tools that are available to us now as entrepreneurs. I think the second part of the conversation goes more in the direction of behavioral changes and then mindset shifts of, you know, behavioral in terms of not having the phone around so much, certain things we can do to just make it not in our presence. But I also think mindset shifts, and I think this was one of the things that actually Cynthia had reached out to me about mm -hmm. when I wrote um, the email in the blog post, which was that I think we've gotten really far away from this idea that the cell phone is supposed to be attached to us or like we owe people something um, and people find it really foreign when I'll talk about this of like just because you have a phone and it rings doesn't mean that you have to answer it or that you have to get back to people and like my husband is like a gas when I tell him this stuff like just because they're calling you like this is a really inopportune time <laughs> just because they're calling doesn't mean you have to answer and that idea is really foreign to him. Um, so I find that interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Concept of boundaries. I mean, I am well known for this. I mean, anyone that knows me knows I hate talking on the phone. <laughs> I don't know if it's a throwback to being, you know, when I was in the hospital, I had a hospital phone, I had a pager that were both work related, and then I had my personal cell phone only if I needed to be reached by, you know, an emergency. And by the time I would get home after talking to patients all day long and talking with healthcare providers, I was so talked out that I just didn't want to talk at all. So it became this ongoing joke. Now, I will return a text message much easier than I will return a phone call, but I think it goes back to that boundaries. You know, all of us need to have boundaries. And just like you said, Sam, just because your phone rings doesn't mean that you have to answer it. Um, you know, answer it on your time or return or respond to that on your time, whether it's an email or face social media. I think we feel so compelled to respond instantly. And we know that, you know, there are actual neurotransmitters in our brain that kind of get lit up um, when we're attached to social media, whether it's dopamine or serotonin rush, or there was even some research about GABA, you know, it's that feel good feeling. Ooh, someone's reaching out to me. And, and that connection where we feel like we're obligated to respond in a timely manner. I think we need to reassess some of those expectations to maintain our sanity. Yeah. One of the things I walked away from, I lived in France, um, for a bit last year. And one of the things that I walked away from that trip thinking was, how much we attach in our own importance, self-importance to phones, being busy, you know, mm -hmm. even things beyond our, our phones to me represent being busy, like it mm -hmm. ringing constantly and t like dinging with text messages and um, notifications, like even the concept of notifications, it's like, oh, I'm wanted, I'm needed. Um, someone's trying to contact me. Mm -hmm. And so just that whole like hurriedness that I now have a different perspective on um, in America and seeing how much attachment we, we give to that um, and how it, I don't know, I see this conversation like when I, when I say this to friends or something about like how I leave my phone on silent 
24-7. Unless I'm really, really, like, expecting that super important phone call, my phone's on silent. I don't I don't even like hearing it ding. It really bothers me. Um, and so we'll talk about this, and I see a very similar reaction that people get to when you talk to them about food. Um, so people get very defensive, and mm-hmm. I always, I often wonder whether that defensiveness has something to do with this attachment to busyness and feeling important as well. Oh, I think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And I think, you know, in addition to that, we throw in people pleasing Mm. so many of us, especially as women, and then top on the uh, entrepreneurial aspect of it and really feel like we almost have to be chameleons and please others. And often that involves this perception that we have to be right there on top of things all the time. Yeah. That's very true. Boy, does that resonate. I I think I I think I did a recent (laughs) social media post about that exactly that it's taken me a long time to um, it's something I actively work on all the time not wanting to disappoint people I think it's part of that you know healer you know you're if you're involved in healthcare you're just you're a caretaker you're one of those people that's a healer so you're you're instantly kind of tapped into other people's needs and and trying to recognize that you've got to honor what you need to do for you first before you can take care of anyone else yeah that's so true cynthia it's also it's like when we're in these states where we feel really like overwhelmed or we're making lots of statements like everyone's bothering me i can't get anything done or i'm so stressed i do think we have to be honest with ourselves sometimes or even if just like scrolling and viewing social media i think we have to be honest sometimes of whether we're consciously or subconsciously keeping ourselves in kind of a victimhood state Mm -hmm. of like all of these things are happening to us and Mm -hmm. not really taking responsibility for certain things that we can do like you're saying cynthia to protect ourselves and say like this is another form of self-care it's not all bubble baths and whatever else it can also mean like having your phone on silent more often or not keeping it in your room or taking it not taking it on a walk because that's your like me time and but taking responsibility for like if we're not brain surgeons we're not waiting for a call about a sick family member or a child you know or something going on I always feel like I have to add the disclaimer in this in this conversation because I'll get these emails from people being like, I have children and you just don't have children so you don't get it. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not saying that it's like all the time. It's just that there are times when we don't have to have it. That's right. all. No, and I think it's healthy. I think we've, we've gotten to the point, I say we as a society, that we feel a sense of profound obligation to be connected. I mean, my husband and I just got back from a trip overseas and – um, I did a little bit of video two days that we were away. The rest of the time I did not do any video, but it was amazing to me. I didn't see any selfie sticks where I was. Yeah. I, and I, I unfortunately <laughs> had to have one to do this walk down the beach with my phone. Um, and it was completely embarrassing. And, and my husband kept saying, why do you even care? And I said, but I don't see anyone else with their phones out. Yeah. And how nice that was. Like people weren't, I mean, there were definitely places that we went where we saw a lot of that, but uh, where we were on the beach, we didn't see any of that. And I, and I thought to myself, gosh, I mean, I think I've forgotten what it's like to not feel obligated to chronicle everything that goes on in my day. It's um, really humbling, actually. Yes. I love I love that feeling. I, like two or three days ago, I was speaking at a conference, a women's business conference in Princeton. And before I went into the conference, of course, I had to share on Instagram of like, I'm speaking today <laughs> on this conference and here I am and this is what I'm doing. And right as I finished, this guy in his probably upper 80s came up to me and he said, um, can I help you with your FaceTime? And I said, I'm not FaceTiming. I'm on I'm on Instagram. I'm trying to create an Instagram story. And he said, well, who are you talking to? And I was like, oh, it's a long story. It's very complicated. And so it was just a really cute experience where he loved that I was like a, a woman entrepreneur and that I was helping women and all this. He loved it. We, we ended up chatting about it. But this was a very humbling experience where like that concept was so foreign to him that I would have to share that about my day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's, it's the mundane stuff that we do that people are so fascinated with. In fact, my the two women that are part of, like, the people that help support my business, they, they're a little younger, and so they're always like, share, share, share. And I'm like, but there's just times I don't want to share it. Oh, yeah. I just left the gym. Or, you know, I'm having a, you know, I'm venting on social media um, because there's very much this fine line of, in my opinion, of oversharing about my life. You know, there, there are things I don't want to share or I choose not to share. Um, and I want 
to focus my business to be on certain things and not others. But I, I respect that, you know, there are people out there that share every single facet of their lives. And I'm like, I applaud them if they feel comfortable doing that. It's just, it feels like it's one more thing to think about. Um, yeah. That's, that's right. The different generations, different comfort levels. My mother doesn't understand Instagram from Facebook, from Twitter. Uh, and you know all the nuances and she just kind of shakes her heads and says I think you just need to spend more time with people yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> very true people. exactly spend more time with people and less time attached to your cell phone I'm like I don't disagree with that mom well the reason that um, it, with Kelly's question that I first started out by saying like when my clients bring this up I start with the more practical stuff is actually mm -hmm. because you know since 100% of my customers are entrepreneurs or women who own their own businesses they um often I, what I find is one of the problems is that they are doing what you're saying, Cynthia, like they're sharing everything. They're kind of oversharing, but there's also no rhyme or reason or strategy or organization behind it. So we talk about um, like what I consider the different content types that I've learned through like different programs that I've done. So I focus on these like six content types. I cycle through them, but it's very intentional so that I'm not just like grasping for straws and posting random things all the time because of mm -hmm. this content batching day that I have and then th focusing on these content types and it's very intentional it should all be meant to like grow the business to further the mission to connect with the ideal client all of that kind of stuff so that that has been really monumental in cutting down the time because in the beginning it was like here's my oatmeal like what does that have to do <laughs> so and so and it actually that actually is a bad example because it does relate to like you know getting to know the personal side of me mm -hmm. which is that I love food and I love to cook but um but in general, I just I can see that as being a big issue is if if you didn't have any sort of content strategy and then you're not using any tools to help cut your day to day time down on your phone or your computer, then that could be a big problem. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients, and it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more, were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. Consuming element on a daily basis is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health. And we know that by consuming proper amounts of electrolytes, it can contribute to quality sleep which is critical to all of my perimenopause and menopausal patients and clients. We know that magnesium increases a neurotransmitter called GABA that is known for producing calming effects. And consuming adequate levels of sodium can help you sleep through the night because low sodium levels increase cortisol and adrenaline. Additionally, if you are intermittent fasting, it's important to understand that when you fast, two things can dehydrate you. Number one, if your insulin levels remain low, it can signal to our kidneys to excrete more sodium or salt, a process called naturesis. And as glycogen or stored glucose is broken down, the water left over from the glycogen breakdown is urinated out. So if you want to take care of your health in one of my favorite ways, you can consume Element electrolytes. My favorite flavors are grapefruit and citrus, but there are many others to choose from. And if you go to drinkelement.com slash Cynthia, you can get a free sample pack to try them out on your own. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash Cynthia for your free sample pack where you can try all of their flavors. myself is I try to come in and check social media twice a day 
Um, you know, I'm in the midst of, I have two groups that started today, so it'll probably be more of that, but I also have two of my team members in the groups as well if there's something that comes up that they feel like I need mm -hmm. to be alerted to. But, you know, setting up again, we go back to the boundaries thing. You know, being intentional, I think, is a really, is a really important, um, important uh, aspect of that as well. Go and ahead, I, lo mm -hmm. I, I love, Sam, that you, when you had talked about having entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs come to you and say, like, I don't want to post on social media all the time. Like, I think what you outlined here, being very intentional and having a strategy and setting it up, it allows you to not totally be disconnected from that world, but also to grow a business and build a business based on what you feel is important. And I think that you'll probably attract different types of people doing a business that is more, let's say, in-person focused versus um, social media focused. Do you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. So I, there's one person in particular I think of where she shares just literally every moment of her day, the most private, intimate moments in her relationship, in her business, in her family life, just like everything, right? But for some of her followers who I know personally, that connects with her. Other people I know, they're turned off by that because they think like, why does she have her phone out while she's doing X, Y, or Z, right? She should be enjoying that. And that like doesn't connect with them. But I always feel like in business, this is where it goes back to really knowing your ideal client. Does your ideal client want to see all of that stuff or do they not want to see all of that stuff? Um, and you kind of set the tone for that, right? So I think I attract people now who probably aren't into that. Also, maybe who are okay with quality over quantity. So I think that's a mindset shift that's really helped too, is like, I do share a ton of what's going on. I just, it doesn't have to be like a hundred snippets of it. It can be a quality moment. So I think that's a helpful way to look at it as well. That's a really good distinction. And I, and I think, you know, that probably resonates more with probably my own personal social media um, habits versus feeling an, a sense of obligation to overshare because that's, you know, I have friends that do a beautiful job with it, but I, I just, if, if, if I wasn't as engaged in my life in other ways and I was just focused on the social media stuff, I would feel like I was really missing out. I think there are people, it's the opposite. They feel like if they're not embedded in social media all the time, it's that fear of missing out on everything. Um, and, and that distinction is an important one for sure. Yeah, I've been reading a lot lately about the uh, the counterpart, Jomo, the joy of missing out. Um, and so that was like when I heard about that at first, I was like, oh, that speaks to me so much more than FOMO because I've actually at first I had FOMO when I first built this business. But then it gets, I don't know, busy enough, big enough. I, there has to be just enough at some point that it's like mm. this is like good enough for now. I don't know. And then then you start going into Jomo, I think, where it's like, oh, this is really nice. I didn't spend as much time on my phone today or like mm -hmm. I didn't look at social media. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, too, is this has been really helpful for me. This has been something I've learned about more lately um, because my dad is sick. And so I'm in this season where um, my business might not be going through a season of growth, which is a very uncomfortable place for me. I'm, I'm a go-getter. And so I constantly want to be growing and expanding and like making this as big as it can. And I just, I love it. Um, but th this has been a, a time in my life where it's just like, that's not possible, right? And it's not up to me. It's out of my control, all these things. And one of my friends gave me a great tip as it relates to social media the other day because I was saying it's a little hard when you're in that moment. And this can relate to people who's not, even if you don't have a business, you get, you know, maybe you're going through a tough season in your life and then you get on social media and you're like, boy, everybody else is having a great time, right? And there's that fear of, I don't know, fear of missing out in that respect of like, just like they're out and about, they're out with friends, maybe they're getting married or having a baby and you're not experiencing those things in your life. So what she suggested to me was that I fill up my social media feed, right, to actually put in front of my face things that have nothing to do with my business. Like if that's the thing mm -hmm. that's really getting in my way right now of just feeling like, oh, man, I had all these plans, right? And now my plans are derailed. And um, so now I'm following like interior design stuff and getting back to following more accounts that have to do with food, like food bloggers mm -hmm. that aren't selling anything. They're not entrepreneurs, nothing like that. Or um, I love to travel, so I'll follow mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, just really random things that have nothing to do with the thing that you're feeling like you can't get to right now. And I think 
we we sometimes forget that that what, like our social media feeds like almost like having a a vision board in front of our faces all the time and you really can this is where we get back to this like control thing it's like you're not a victim of your social media feed you can unfollow you can follow you can delete the app you can take steps to get these things in front of your face you know i have to be on social media for the business so that's why i thought for me in particular it was just helpful to fill the feed with other things mm-hmm. um non-businessy things Oh, that's such a great tip. And I think it's so easy as entrepreneurs to get so focused on what we're doing that we lose some of that that self-care piece of enjoying or remembering the things that we used to enjoy before we had yeah. this business that we were uh, full on into. Well, that's yeah. a great tip. And I'm, I'm wondering if you would be willing to give our listeners um, two tips that you think are the, some of the most important things that they could do to improve their wellness every day. Yeah, sure. So one is probably to to think more about this mindset shift of not being so available or carving out times where you're comfortable not being available. So if you do have kids or have a sick dad like me where I can't I can't technically be away from my phone all the time anymore, um, you know, there, think about where you can do that. And so for me, that's been like, okay, I can take a walk, right? So while I'm on a walk, I don't think anything too crazy can happen. And this like 30 to 45 minutes or something like that. So I don't even take my phone at all. And that's been helpful, not only because I do, I just think we're kind of automated to like look to these things. We just open our phones, we open apps without even thinking about it. But then that also was encouraging me to document it as we've been talking about. So like now I don't need to document my walk because I don't don't even have my phone anyway to take a picture or to film a video so and that's been very helpful in just having that mindset shift then carving out those times I'm really a big believer in just leaving the phone I leave the phone in the glove compartment when we go into dinner a lot um, I leave it at home on walks um, all kinds of things having it on silent is just really helpful because again not reminding you um, to to do those things and then I think my second tip would really relate to I guess it would be more of where the person's having a problem so one of the things I hear from people probably the most is the kind of before bed issue so people are on social before bed and that's causing them all sorts of problems when it comes to wellness because it's keeping them up later than they wanted. Um, it's exposing them, obviously, to like the, the light, the radiation, just the brain activity in general um, prior to bed. So then they're having difficulty falling asleep. But then they're also being exposed to these ideas, right? So they're they're falling asleep and maybe they're worried about something. And then they go on social media and they see the opposite. And I I really think we pull out of social media, like what we're trying to convince ourselves, like everybody else has it better. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is richer. Everybody else is thinner. They're all having an easier life than us. Right. So we pull these things out. And then of course, like you're having trouble sleeping. So if that's your issue, then obviously taking very like specific steps. Um, For me, this meant plugging my phone in. Uh, We have a lot like a large bedroom. So I just plugged it in very far away from my bed. I don't look at it. Um, I use all the features that I have available to me on my iPhone. Um, So the do not disturb feature I have set automatically. So I don't have to do that um, every day. But I set it, I think, from like 8 or 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. the next day um, so that it automatically mutes that stuff. I also just with the new iPhone update, I don't know if you guys know about this, but they came out with that um, like a time like a social media time limit thing so you can tell it Mm. um, that you only want to be on social media a certain amount of time you you pick the time you pick the apps even um, and then it'll remind you so it'll tell me I have like five minutes left in my limit then it'll tell me I'm at my limit and then it actually darkens those apps Um, and then when you go to click on it you actually have to actively tell them like yes I know I'm over my limit but I want to go in anyway and that's been really helpful because just having that little extra buffer. I know some of my friends will do this themselves by deleting the app, but I find that having this automatically set for me has been super helpful because having that little buffer so many times, I've just mindlessly been going to like look at Instagram and then I'm like, oh yeah, if I've already looked at this for 30 minutes today, like I really need to be doing something better with my time. There are lots of things I could go do um, that aren't involved in this app. So that's been very helpful. So I encourage you to take those little steps, use the tools that you have out of sight, out of mind is a big one for me. So silencing, not having it next to my bed, maybe not even plugging in, in, in your room in general. Um, 
one of the biggest uh, tips I can give you for that too, by the way, because this is always everyone's rebuttal, is that get a different alarm clock. Um, because really, there's no reason you need to have your phone in your room unless, again, you're waiting for some sort of emergency. But if you're not, then if you're just using it as an alarm clock, $20 will be well spent um, somewhere to just go get a normal alarm clock. And otherwise, I don't think you really have a reason to sleep next to your phone. Such, such, such great tips. Thank you. And we'd love to hear more about your work and how people can connect with you. So can you just briefly tell people where they can find you and what offerings you have for them? Yes, of course. So I help women entrepreneurs um, with service-based businesses, so coaches and creatives, consultants, mentors, um, grow what I call legally legit businesses through my DIY legal contract templates and through my course, Fearlessly Legal. So um, you can visit me on my website, samvanderwillen.com. I am, in terms of social media, most active on Instagram, although limited, as we now know. Um, and I would love to hear from any of you either through Instagram or on my website. When you click on the contact tab, um, you can get in touch with me by email as well. Sam, thank you so much for being here and for really keeping things real and um, letting us see kind of a different model for successful female entrepreneurship. Thank you, Kelly and Cynthia. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.